Take your Bibles and turn to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. This is a, uh, it's always a day for thanksgiving, but in the day we live in, it's also a day to be warned and to be cautioned. Okay? And, uh, you know, what bothers me is not who wins or loses the election. If it's that close, we got half the world don't think that right. You know, we got folks that really believe it's okay to kill babies. I mean, half the population feels like it's okay to do that. You understand? And so that scares me. That honestly scares me. So it's not who wins or loses. It's not who's... And besides that, you know, we get all nervous. We get here. Uh, I just turned off TV. It just drives me nuts. But anyway, the truth is Jesus got this. You know, the Bible says he's the one raises up kings. He's the one set kings down. He's, he can turn the heart of the king like the rivers of the water. And God's in charge. Amen. Okay, so what we need to be interested in doing is living for God. So here's the question. How do you live successfully for God in a world that's lost its way? How do you and I live successfully in a world that's lost its way? And so we look at it, and here it is. Just briefly, I'm going to read the, the first scriptures in the outline, and then we'll come back and look at chapter 1 in a little more detail. But Daniel was taken captive. And Nebuchadnezzar had a, a unique way of conquering a country. He would conquer the country. He would try not to destroy the infrastructure, although... Uh, he went too far in Jerusalem. God sent him to Jerusalem to punish Israel for turning away from God, but he went too far. And when he destroyed the temple and took the temple vessels, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had sealed his own death warrant right then. And, but he took these young Jewish men, and he was going to uh, retrain them he was going to brainwash them. He was going to do a reset in their minds. Instead of killing them or making uh, menial slaves out of them, he was going to use the brightest and best of them to enhance his kingdom once they got induced into the culture of the Babylonians they then could go back to their own country and they could successfully lead their country in the ways of the Babylonians without a forced army. That's what Nebuchadnezzar was trying to do. Nebuchadnezzar was trying to conquer the world and leave the people he conquered productive to his kingdom. So he captures these young men and he takes them back to Babylon. And now he's going to uh, to re, re, reset them. What's, what's the word they use to, to uh, change somebody's mindset and the way they do things and so forth? But that's what he's doing. He's reprogramming them. He's reprogramming their whole minds to do things his way. But somewhere along the way, verse 1, chapter 8, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portions of the king's delicacies nor with the wine that he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And we'll study that. Because Daniel had to make some choices 
as to what he could accept out of the Babylonian culture and what he could not accept. You understand? And we're faced that same dilemma. <clears throat> we're faced with a culture that's lost its ways and it's just craziness out there, total craziness. <clears throat> Some of it, uh, because of the modern, I mean, it's okay, to, is a computer a good thing or a bad thing? Depends on how you use it. You understand? But if you don't have it, if you don't learn how to use it, you're going to be left in the dust. Okay? So there, there are things that we're going to have to adapt to and use, but we can't let those things be tools of Satan. So we have to, we have to make uh, uh, decisions on what part of the culture uh, is all TV bad? No, it's not. Use it for the tool that it can be, not for the tool that it shouldn't be. And so we have to go through all of these things uh, and all of these, uh, uh, and, and it's almost like going through one at a time. Can I, can I be a part of that? Can this thing fit into my life? Can I, you know, and, and then what, what can I do and what can I not do? And then look at chapter 1, verse 21. And Daniel continued unto the first year of King Cyrus. Now, nobody knows exactly how old Daniel was when he came to Babylon. Guessing between 18 and 20. But if you add to the first reign, to the first year of the reign of Cyrus, that means he lived in Babylon 70 years. 70 years. And boy, he lived right in the middle of the, uh, the, the den of sin and uh, the den of everything is evil. And he continued 70 years. Now, how can you live in a culture that's lost its way without us being consumed and lose our way in that same culture? That's what we want to talk about. So the first thing that we learn is don't, don't give in, but resist. Don't give in, but resist. Pick up with me in the first verse of the first chapter. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Now look at this, verse 2. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Did, did Nebuchadnezzar defeat Jehoiakim or did God defeat Jehoiakim? God did. Because of his wickedness. And, with, and so he, he defeated and took me. And with some of the articles from the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought these articles to the treasure house of his God. Now that's, that's really where God got, he went too far. He went beyond what God told him to do. And uh, so, uh, and then the king instructed uh, Aphonites, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants, princes, and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, good-looking guys, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom he might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them 
a daily provision of the king's delicacies of, uh, uh, and of the wine to drink and three years of training for them. And at the end of that time, they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Uh, to, uh, uh, to them, uh, the chief of the eunuchs gave the names uh, Daniel, Belshazzar, Hananiah, Shadrach, to Meshach, uh, Mish, uh, uh, to, uh, to Michelle, uh, Meshach and Azariah Abednego and that's what we know them by three good men lived very long ago uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego <laughs> okay so that's the names that we we actually know them by not their, their uh, Chaldean names their Babylonian names not their uh, Jewish names and Daniel now verse 8 Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies or with the wine which he drank, and therefore he requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, you read this, you understand he was there are three things taking place. He had to learn the literature of the Chaldeans. He had to learn the language of the Chaldeans, and then he was given this special uh, king's diet. And the only one he bucked against was what? The diet. Why did he buck against that and not against language and not against literature? Because there was no direct biblical ordinance against learning the language of the Chaldeans. There was no direct biblical ordinance against learning the literature of the Chaldeans. But there was specific biblical injunction against eating a non-kosher food got it that's it period so what did he use as his as his determining factor the word of God the word of God now that's where we are folks in our day we're at the point where we can meld into culture until it causes us to cross paths of the Word of God. And then we stop. That's as far as we, we cannot, we cannot violate the Word of God. You understand? The book was given to us as our supreme guidance. It is the Word of God. It's not just some kind of good suggestions. It is the Word of God. Uh, uh, every word, uh, every chapter, uh, every book from cover to cover, it's the Word of God. Therefore, it is, our, it is our only and sole source of authority for the church of Jesus Christ. Okay? So it's pretty simple. He gets down to the word. Now, are there gray areas? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And for many, you will have to go through and say, well, this doesn't cause me to stumble. Uh, it's not specifically... Uh, written in scripture as a sin. Now, the preacher preached it as sin when we were children, remember? Everything was sin. Breathing was sinful somehow. I don't know. But, you know, when we were children, boy, everything was sin. And, uh, but just because the preacher preached it as sin doesn't make it sin. Uh, sin is what the Bible says, and there's some areas. And, and I learned this a long time ago. In some areas, you can and I can't. In some areas, you can, and I can't. 
And there are other areas where I can and you can't. But I cannot rub those things in your face. You understand? There are some areas I can, you can't. And so I am to honor your convictions and not rub it in your face. And the same way, you can, I can't, don't rub it in my face. You understand? These are areas that we might, uh, they're they're, uh, gray areas that we may agree to disagree on. Okay? But whatever you do, if it's a direct command of God, that's it. That's just the way it is. You got to go by it. And so I'm I'm trying to, because you remember, uh, I'm older than Methuselah anyway. The first diet drink, well, the first one was diet right. But then they made that thing called tab. And it had initials, T-A-B, and it meant taste awful bad. But somehow or another, I got used to drinking that. And uh, only, only fat folks that drink diet drinks anyway. I, skinny folks don't. I don't know what the deal is. They must make you fat. But <laughs> anyway, I drank these tabs. And everywhere I went, people that uh, loved me and that hung out with me, and everywhere I went, they had tabs in the refrigerator for me. I'd just walk in the house and get tabs, you know, wherever I went. Uh, they were at my mother's house. They were wherever, wherever I went. They were there. And because people knew that I'd... Dang near go thirsty for what drink. <laughs> but I wouldn't. If I got thirsty, obviously, I would drink something besides a tab. So here's the difference. I had a preference for tabs. You understand? But they were not a priority. They were not a priority. So there's a difference between priority or principles. There's a difference between principles and preferences. Okay? There's a big difference between principles and, uh, and uh, your, your preferences. And uh, so when it comes to marriage, my preference and my priority better be Linda. My, my position is one and only forever Linda, right? That's, that's biblical. And uh, if, uh, if Linda's not available... Be still and be quiet. I mean, that's just the way it is. There are no other options. God doesn't give you, you know, there's, some say if you can't be with the one you love, then love the one you're with. That is simply not biblical, okay? And it's not okay anytime. Amen. So uh, priority, uh, principle, uh, or preference. Linda is not a preference. She is a biblical principle, a priority. You understand? And that doesn't change. It can't change. If you don't know, Linda's my wife. And uh, so those things cannot change. And a church, it's very difficult for a church not to become a legalistic church. Legalism's easy. Hear the rules, follow them or leave. Hear the rules, follow them or leave. That's not biblical. There's freedom in Christ. There's freedom in Christ. And so God has given us who? Holy Spirit. To give us individual discretion uh, on the gray areas of what I can do, what I can't do, what you can do, what you can't do. And that's who we have to go by. That's exactly the Scripture and Holy Spirit. That's all we got. Okay? And uh, 
So I want to make sure that we understand as we go into what we're studying about because when it comes to priority, when it comes to principle, we cannot bend. We cannot give in and we have to resist. We cannot give in and we have to resist. Okay? So the first principle of surviving as a believer in a world that's lost its way is do not give in, resist. In other words, if somebody in your neighborhood is doing this, that, and the other, fine, they're doing it. But you can't. You're not going to get involved with it because it's not a part of, uh, you know, it's not a part of what I can do as a believer in Jesus Christ. Now, the second thing we run into is be consistent. Be consistent. The Bible says Daniel continued, continued to the first year of Cyrus. Now, if you just read that, okay, so what? Seventy years he continued. Seventy years he continued. And then you run into his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that were thrown into the fire furnace. You remember? They put up the statue. Nebuchadnezzar put up the statue. And he said, uh, it sound the harps and the timbrels and the, and the symphonies and all. Bow down. And so thousands of people out there in the desert. Thousands of people in the plain. Massive gold statue. And so uh, Nebuchadnezzar gave the band uh, the, the one, two, three. And they started playing. Everybody fell down and worshipped except. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were standing there like three tall Indians. Here we are. And so Nebuchadnezzar scratched his head a minute. He said, maybe you boys didn't understand. Let me explain this to you one more time. That at the sound of the band, y'all bow down. You got it? Yeah, we got it. Okay, struck up the band again. Everybody bowed down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't bow down. Couldn't do it. Why? It was a violation of the principles of the Word of God. You bow the knee to nobody but Almighty God. Amen. And, they, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And so uh, he had, it made him mad. It made Nebuchadnezzar angry. You know, these are good guys. I love them. They, they're, they're wise men. But I am not going to be disrespected this bunch of Jews. I brought these guys in here. I've given them my best. I am not going to be disrespected. Heat the furnace. Heat it up seven times hotter than it's ever been before. And grab them dudes and throw them in there. And they did. Fire was so hot. Now, I work part-time at a funeral home. And when we opened the furnace on the cremation machine, it's already 1,400 degrees. And uh, there is a button you push, and there's a chain belt that puts the body in there and the door shuts. Because what happens if you get close enough to push the body in? You burn. 1,400 degrees at three foot is hot. You understand? Can't do it. So those guys, those poor guys that were instructed to throw the bodies in the to throw these uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire furnace, 
they themselves were killed by the heat of the furnace. That's crazy. Teaching them in there, all three of them. And then Nebuchadnezzar, watch it. He said, how many we put in there? Three. Well, how come I'm counting four? And how come they're not dead? And how come they ain't walking around? And who is that fourth guy? He looks like the son of God. Maybe he looked like the son of God because he was the son of God. Amen. Now you remember me telling you I don't like that verse where it says when we go through the fire, we, you know, he'll go with us. He'll, he, he, we won't be burned. And we go through the flood, we won't drown. He, he'd be, I don't like floods and fire. I'd just rather do without that part. Okay? I'm kind of chicken. But if you have to go through the fire or you have to go through the flood, you're going through it with Jesus. Amen. You're going through it with Jesus. And even if that walk is into heaven, you're going through it with Jesus. Okay? Not everybody walks out unsinged. You got to get that. And everybody, and I mean, we're here today, and I'm telling you that time may come when we make our stand, when we, when we can't go beyond the, the pur purpose of our life and the convictions of our life. I can't promise you you're going to come out un unscathed, but I can promise you you go through it with Jesus. You go through it with Jesus. Okay? And we get down. And somebody said, well, where were Daniel? Well, you got to remember, these guys had already become high-ranking officers in the Babylonian kingdom. More than likely, he was off tending the diplomatic business when this came up. Well, Daniel didn't bow down either. Amen. And a little bit later when he was praying about what to do about the vision he, uh, he had gotten, it said he ate no meat and drank no wine. Apparently, during that interim, uh, there had been a community of Jews built up who were able to produce kosher food. When he first got to Babylon, there was no kosher food. And so, but once the Jewish community got stronger there, there was kosher food. So when he went on a fast and said he didn't eat meat or drink the wine, it meant that he wasn't drinking, he wasn't eating kosher meat and he wasn't drinking kosher wine. He was on a fast. The Bible's not contradictory. Never, never contradictory. So, <laughs> turn with me to sixth chapter. Ooh. I'm getting right along here. I go over here and... Oh. <laughs> uh, Y'all pray. God's been so good to me. I have, uh, I have sciatic nerves killing me. And I've been going through dry needling, which is kind of like acupuncture. And uh, it's just been killing me. So the other day, I've got a grandson weighs about 350. That's six foot something another. He said, Granddad, you want me to crack your back? I said, well, I'm not sure I want you to or not. He said, we can so we backed up to each other and locked arms, and he just bent me over. And when my feet cleared the floor, <laughs> I said, whoa, I don't hurt anymore. 
He said, I want the $200 deductible. <laughs> I said, you eat it every day, boy. Leave me alone. <laughs> and uh, so I did get some relief that way. And I have uh, microscopic colitis. So that's a whole nother different deal. And my heart's working at 31%. So, uh, but, but anyway, uh, I, I, I was here all day yesterday and was able to participate in our, in our ministry. And I thank God for Mike. Hi, Mike. And uh, uh, Mike was out there and he said, I'm confused. And I said, well, let's see. I know why he was confused. There were more cars out there than we've ever had before. I, you know? And uh, it was a mess, but it was so much fun. The weather was perfect. And I was just so celebrating the fact that I could stand and walk and breathe and, and, and be, a part, be a part of that. And uh, I, I really was. I was excited about it. But uh, anyway, we go over to, cha we go over to chapter 6. And we look at uh, verse 5, chapter 6, verse 5. Now, the, there were the, the, all of the other wise men, the soothsayers, everybody who was Chaldean or, or Babylonian by, by birth, they hated Daniel, Meshach, Shad, uh, Meshach, and Abednego, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They hated them. You understand? Because these guys were better than they were. They, you know, they fit and all get killed, and Daniel interpreted the dream for them. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He summoned all the wise guys, and he said, hey, I need you to tell me the dream and the interpretation. They said, well, can't anybody do that? And he said, yeah, but if I tell you the dream, you can make up an interpretation. You've got to tell me the dream and the interpretation. That old boy was tough, wasn't he? And they couldn't do it, so he got ready to kill them all. They came to Daniel. Daniel said, whoa, I just now found out about this. He said, give me a minute, pray about it. And then he told the, the, the dream and the interpretation. So these guys hated Daniel. I mean, they hated Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Why? Because they were consistent, they were pure, and God was blessing them. And we come to the sixth uh, chapter, verse 5. It said, these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel. Unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Whoo, don't you wish I could say that about me? You wish I could say it about you. The only fault we can find in a guy is he just lives with the Bible too much. He just honors the Bible too much. And if we're going to trip him up, we've got to trip him up with the Bible. And that's how, that, now Daniel's already a pretty old dude now. You understand when all this comes up. And uh, so uh, they, they went to the king, and they said, King, you're so good. We love you, king. <laughs> you're, the, you're the bestest there is. And we want to honor you with, this, with a petition that no man can ask anything of any god, anybody, or any person other than you, O king, for the next 30 days. We want to honor you and make you the greatest god, the greatest man, the greatest person in the world. And we want a law signed by the Medes of Persian law. Can't change, can't be altered. That, that nobody for 30 days can ask anything of anybody or any God except you, O king. Ah, thank you, guys. That's great. And so we read now in verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And he in his upper window, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, 
he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early childhood. Got it? Got it? Now, so verse 16, so the king gave the command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke saying to Daniel, your God whom you serve, what's the word? Continually he will deliver Now, they try to lower me in line, then on rope, I'd be like a yo-yo. I could roll backwards up the rope. You know, they throw me down there again, I roll backwards up the rope. I mean, man, I'm not Daniel. Daniel just dropped down in there and said, you know, if I'm going home, I'm going home. If not, I get back out of here. I keep on living for God. But, you know, he had a, he had a little bit of faith to cling to. Faith is believing it to be so when it's not so because it is so, so that it can become so. <laughs> Faith is believing it to be so. That's what God says. You don't make up faith. I mean, you don't make it up. I want to be mean. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to be mean there. God didn't say that. I can't, I can't claim that. But whatever God says in his word, I can claim. So when God, when, when, when I believe it, uh, I believe it to be so when it is not so. It is not visible. I cannot see it. I can only see those hungry lines. But I believe it to be so when it's not so because it is so in heaven so that it can become so on earth. And you know where he got his inspiration to believe? Who was the earthly authority in his life? The king. And the king said, Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, will deliver you. Hey, thanks, king. I needed that. And he went in lines then. Isn't it cool? That is so cool. And God brought him out. God brought him out. Guys, don't give up. Don't give up. Be persistent. Be persistent. Okay? Just keep on keeping on. It may be a lonely walk sometime, but keep on keeping on. That's how you do it. Okay? We're moving into an interesting time in society. And real Christians are going to have to stand up and be known as believers. And you're going to be known as believers by what you stand for, and what you continually, continually, continually stand for. And that you don't give up. And that you don't give in. You understand? Now, I don't know what all those consequences are. But I do know that's how the first century church changed its world. In the middle of pagan Rome, those brothers and sisters in Christ lived by the teachings of Christ and changed. It took 300 years. A lot of dead believers. A lot of persecuted believers. It took 300 years. But they overcame the greatest force on the planet. And they did it 
with living the true Christian faith taught by the Word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go before you, I don't know if people are making decisions. It wasn't my deal to come here today and and do a big uh, come forward, but if that's what God leads, that's fine too. But what uh, what I'm really interested in is those of us that are believers resolve in our heart to not give up, to not give in, to be continuous, to be persistent in what you've given us to do. And uh, the Bible said, Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall face persecution. We're almost to, to embrace it, to expect it, to look for it, to almost think if I'm not being persecuted, I must not be getting it right. But all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And so we, we've just got to, if, we, if we're real, if we're real, we've just got to buck up and do what we're supposed to do. And I ask you, God, to speak to hearts and lives. If you're in here today, they want to give their heart and life to Jesus Christ and trust him and believe him as Savior and Lord, hey, come on, I want to share with them. Some folks want to rededicate their life to Jesus. That's not a joke. A lot of folks renew themselves to Christ, mean it, and walk that path from then on. Maybe even somebody say, hey, preacher, I need a church home. I, I'm, I'm interested in getting in that class, but I want you to pray with me and get started and getting a part of what God's doing here at Christ Church. So, Father, we ask you to bless, but mostly, there'd be a stirring of your spirit in our hearts for strength. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Mr. Bellman. As Brother John was saying uh, uh, in the story, if you can't caught this, everything begins with a choice, with a decision, as, as Daniel resolved in his heart, right? And this is something that we can sing about this, this, uh, this morning as we, as we finish up. And uh, if you guys want to sing it with us, it's called I Have Decided. Turn. 